so um, welcome to uh, welcome to. We just had a quick dress rehearsal of part three, and I've got to tell you, it went really well. It did. I think everybody uh, thought, really enjoyed it. The press is already in. The press is uh, probably the best one yet. Um, so in this part, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Albert Collins. I'm going to be talking about uh, Van Halen. In previous parts, you've missed us talking about Willie Nelson, Bruce Springsteen, Warren Zevon, and Steve Reich. But first of all, uh, we'll make up a series of jokes about how busy our emails are. And then Ross is going to talk us through um, the albums and singles of 1978. And uh, how much he loves Boney M. I do love a Boney member. Uh, Are we doing email jokes first? If you've got any, does anyone got like too oh, busy? Too busy. Loads of emails, emails and, and, and loads of them flying about. Yeah. it's just like oh, it's like I'm ninety percent email at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just absolutely full of email. I've subscribed to like the one you get off the Guardian, where it's it says oh he's like what's on the Guardian. So I read that. Yeah, yeah. I just um, it's got like a couple of sentences. Breaks down the story. I snorted a big line of ads before I came in just to get really psyched up for uh, what we're going to do um, later on just just a, a, a CC into a vein in my toe um, and then later if I'm lucky some boys are going to come back for a BCC I, uh, I subtweeted Graham Linehan why does Graham Linehan hate the trans community so much oh and why does the trans community hate Graham Linehan so much I think you've got a lot in common um, and um, they both wrote Father Ted. Hold on a second, I've just had a message off Graham Linehan's lawyers. It is off Graham Linehan. It's not. No. Um, what it would say, I mean, I presume if the trans community were to email Graham Linehan, it would say, You say we've got something in common, some common ground to start. <laughs> <laughs> And it would go from there. 1978 is the year that made everybody hate disco, even though nobody really hates disco, because disco is life, and if you disagree, then you should be in the ground and cold and dead. Just a weird sense of deja vu. Yeah. Um, It opens strongly, some would say, if, you know, they were Clive Dunn at this age. Uh, Mull of Kintyre by Wings was number one. (sighs) Abba, take a chance on me, had a number one. Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush, that's obviously good. People like Kate Bush, it's good. Matchstick Men and Matchstick Cats and Dogs. It's weird because the drummer, in, uh, the drummer in Kate Bush was the only member who didn't have a bush. That's right, yeah. Mm. Paved it over. At a yard. Yeah. Um, Night Fever by the Bee Gees was number one. Boney M. I hate this year. I hate it. There's nothing nice about it at all. You're the one that I want, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John was number one for nine fucking weeks right in the middle of it, right? And that's summer. Right, now Ross might seem despondent here. It's because there was a there was a user interface issue with the first go of this, so we did about 20 minutes, and Jim hadn't hit record. So, <laughs> so we didn't capture it, so we're having to do it again because we feel you, our listeners, deserve... That's why I'm throwing you so much. To hear I'm it. throwing buckets of enthusiasm at it. That's why. Enthu- yeah. um, I would also say is that you know um, obviously we're kind of hip young things in our early twenties, but if you imagine we were kind of embittered men in our late thirties, this would be around the time that our parents were thinking about you know maybe bringing more life into the world. Yeah. These hits were uh, bringing them joy and love and. Sensuality. Yeah, I don't like the the thought of anybody getting lubricated by the Commodores. 
All 64 of them. <laughs> Check out me disk drive. <laughs> gonna it's 32 de- bit. Gonna defrag that. <laughs> so anyway, Three Times a Lady by the Commodores was uh, number one. What then- would be the second time you were a lady? Yeah. I don't I, I, I never really paid attention to that song. Nick, is How it, is it? Is it? Is it like she's three times better than other ladies? No, I think she gets like she's like. Is a, it about Princess Diana? She wears tights. Right. Got makeup. Got makeup. Yeah. Um, Gender pay gap. Big tits. Yeah, that that's it. Menstruates. Got fingers. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's true that uh, Lionel Messi's named after Lionel Richie, isn't he? Isn't it? I believe so, yes. Yeah, that's uh, fun, isn't it? Fun fact. You know who Lionel Messi is, don't you, Adam? He's the, the, the little footballer, the one who's dead good. Richie Messi. Yeah, yeah, He's the, that's that one. Dreadlock Holiday by 10CC. They gave us all a, a break from unmitigated disaster, briefly, with that. Um, Summer Nights by John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John was number one for seven weeks. The thing is, though... It was number one during October and November. Those aren't summer nights. No. Why didn't they change their release schedule so they brought out Summer Lovin' in the summer and then brought out the one, You're the One That I Want in the fucking autumn? But it works, though, doesn't it? Because it's, it, it, it's like the thing that loads of people apply for new jobs in January, isn't it? Because you're just depressed. Mm-hmm. It's Milan. You that just is. think about, oh, you know what? I'm been, glad I wasn't alive. But at this point, you know, I've been kind of writing a letter to, I don't know, Derek in Birmingham but the lovely kind of I don't know fingering we had in Tenerife mutual and, fingering yeah absolutely yeah. and uh, now it just seems to fizzle out um, the letters have stopped coming it's not the same when you finger yourself is it it kind of sounds like an odd version of Stan by Eminem where it's yeah. just like dear Derek in Birmingham remember when I milked your prostate <laughs> why, did, why did the voice of Morgan Freeman Dear Derek. Derek's been—he's been known to locate certain things from time to time, <laughs> like, that including the prostate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which he refers to as his domino. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I did use this joke in the previous, uh, well, bit that wasn't recorded, but uh, yeah. 1978 through uh, Boomtown Rats up the charts as well so uh, they had a number one with Rat Trap which made Bob Geldof happy which makes me sad Rod Stewart returned to frontline duty by uh, he asking he was 33 he was 33 do you think like I'm Jesus yeah. and the, the overwhelming response from the British public was yes but only for one week <laughs> mm. uh, Boney M saw out the year for us um, with Mary's boy child oh my lord we just leave it there, couldn't we? Uh, ABBA had a number one album. Everybody was like, yeah, ABBA are great. And then Saturday Night Fever came out uh, at the beginning of May and was number one for almost the rest of the year, 18 weeks. Uh, similarly, Grease, the original soundtrack, was number one for 13 weeks. 13 weeks! It was probably number one into 1979, I'd imagine, as well. It's probably still number one now. Yeah, probably somewhere, in New Zealand somewhere it will be. Like um, the... A backwards country. top 10 songs of the year have all been mentioned so far and you know we obviously don't want to break stride in terms of the unbelievable quality so of the top 10 um, songs of the year the only one that I haven't mentioned 
is the Smurfs song <laughs> by Father Abram and the Smurfs. And the only reason that wasn't mentioned previously is because it peaked at number two. Yeah. A bit like Derek from Birmingham. Yep. Uh, also, so the top ten albums of the year. I mean, nothing says this was a great year for, for, for popular music quite like Buddy Holly and the Crickets, 20 Golden Greats being the 10th best-selling album of the year. Why did they think being Crickets was a good name? You know, like when you have like Johnny and the Hot Rods or like... Yeah, I know. Billy yeah, and the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to be Crickets. Why? Because well, well, you're kind of be, annoying Because we're going to be called Buddy Holly and the Small Frail Insects. <laughs> Chris and the Locusts. Yeah. <laughs> It's, oh, shit I mean not, not Buddy Holly uh, Images by Don Williams I don't even know who Don Williams is he sounds like the Don though he was a um, boxing promoter was he was he a country star Mate, he sounds it sounds country doesn't it um, number eight. Oh, Jeff Wayne's musical version of the War of the Worlds Jeff Wayne tune in next week stick around for that uh, Out of the Blue by ELO uh, Rumours by Fleetwood Mac was the sixth best selling album of the, the era that it uh, after it came out um, 20 Golden Greats by Nat King Cole mm. was the fifth best-selling album of 1978. Fucking hell, 1978. You need to get in the fucking sea. <laughs> Four, Night Flight of Venus by Borne M. Three, The Album by ABBA. I suppose that's not that's all right. Uh, Grease, original soundtrack, Saturday Night Fever, original soundtrack. In general, it's just bloody awful. Some of the all right stuff, you know. People are buying compilations. That's the yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you think that's what it's, it's like? It's did, kind of got to the then. point where you have the family now has a record player, so you're buying something for. for Maybe now. it's just generally you know the I mean? pop music's always been shit, really. Yeah. It? Like in terms of sales, um, people aren't buying punk records in '78. That's it, because punk is still kind of hanging about, like a, a, a ever decreasingly bad smell mm. or increasingly bad smell but ever decreasing particularly Nancy Spung and like yeah. yeah indeed uh, so it's interesting that that kind of great pivotal movement has no interest to the, the wider public. public but you can also see why punk was going to happen always going to happen when you look at how like I suppose it's probably like this nowadays as well but just how up utterly terrible that the mainstream is mm. like it's so bad it's it's kind of beyond redemption bad most of it but if you've got an opinion on punk email regionalindiedisco at gmail.com yeah uh, if you punk, need punk, me to, punk in capitals yeah, yeah in the subject line and if you need me to do anything about punk um, just make sure you put action yeah. in the subject bar just so I know because otherwise there's so many emails I just, I just have to ignore them yep Jim it's just the red button just yeah that's it it's on Sorry, Jimmy, you can edit that out. Yeah, that's fine. Right, um, so now I'm going to talk through... uh, Sorry, is the EQ all right, James? Am I all right there? Edwin Collins. (laughs) We talk about Albert Collins, um, who is a man. Cool. From the... The America? From, from the, the Collins America. family. Yes. So, the Collins family of dictionaries. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? His dad invented a cocktail. Did he? Yeah. He is for Aardvark. The Tom Collins. <laughs> so, just doors open a bit. Oh, it's, uh, I thought it was just, like, no. like, like Michael Myers stood yeah. on my shoulder or something. No, it's not. Looking back over <laughs> my shoulder. So Albert Collins, this is his first album in uh, seven years. So he's a he's a blues guitarist. He's one of he's one of the, the blues lads. Um, 
So he'd been putting out albums regularly since 1965, but took up kind of normal jobs in um, in the meantime. What are you saying? Being a blues musician is not a fucking normal job. What's wrong with you? Um, so he kind of ended up working like construction, driving yeah. tack. Like it just didn't. <laughs> he ended work up out. working in Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> he was, but the um, but yeah. So his wife basically talked him back into doing music professionally. So he had to get him out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, can you start? Can you start working away? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he was kind of yeah he was talked back into it. So um, it's got a kind of an easy going. There's again with the, when we talk about Willie Nelson, I think it's got that kind of like easy going pro feeling to it, where he's done this that many times, and his band's like they're clearly having a good time. It's barroom music. It's it's not. Even though it is kind of blues, it's not kind of 12 bar where you know everything that's coming at every yeah, time. It's still yeah. fairly familiar. I think the inclusion of like a horn section on it, it's, it is kind of, it's more along the Blues Brothers kind mm. of blues than it is kind of scratchy guitar type. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that it is a, in a way, it's, it's, it's strange because in some ways it's quite low key and it's quite funny because it's about kind of, it's more instead of the kind of duh, 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 my wife's just left me all I've got is my dog it's like I'm really tired from work and she's decided to go out and she didn't come in at the time she said she was <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like I don't mind looking after the kids yeah it's like, but like if you're gonna be in by two be in by two be in by it's like cause half, about it. cause half four is like now I'm gonna be tired tomorrow and that's gonna be the whole thing with your boss and it's like, so it's quite low key in that respect but then you get like a song like when welfare when the welfare turns its back on you which fit and mastercard for all mastercard is it it's master charge master charge is it is a song um where it was written by his wife about how he gets a credit card and his wife spends too much money on it on stuff his wife wrote that shit yeah that's so, a piss take isn't it yeah i've got a new song for you but it's, it's about like, oh i take the piss out of you <laughs> but it's about like so it's got all do you know it's the called jo- albert's a dick <laughs> the jokes that are in there about how she's bought this dress that he could have made and he doesn't know how to sew it's like kind of it's fairly like you know kind of gentle yeah. gentle joshing um, but yeah it's, it's a lively it's a barroom kind of record I think on the on the one hand it is quite funny on the other hand it is an update of the blues because it's about what it's like to be alive at that time and the kind of the pressures of a 70s life if mm. you know what I mean and, and it's, it, it is an album about Working for a living makes you tired all the time. About the the, the the kind of mundane grinding frustrations, rather than you know the kind of the yeah. this is the lowest I've ever been of, of old blues, if you know what I mean. Imagine how much blues uh, Albert Collins would be if he had to like handle our uh, email account. Oh, God. You know what I mean? If he was working instead of working in 1978, he was working in 2019. It's like chop well, some of that shit, Albert. I'd have to have a word with him because he'd be drinking too much. Yeah, he'd be like, Albert. Also, he'd, like, judging by the front cover, he'd be plugging his guitar into the laptop, and I'd be like, "Albert, that is not how this works." I refuse to believe he could have got to the end of it without having accidentally purchased some Cialis. What's that? Uh, sorry, I'm sure that is a brilliant joke. It's the uh, female Viagra. Um, oh, it right. is a f- uh, never needed it because I'm not a lass. Yeah, his wife, didn't his wife write a song about about it called "My Wife Uses Cialis." See, Alice are the direct competitors to modern popsters. Wolf Alice, they uh, fight over kind of different terrains. 
to see. Do they do they market it market themselves in a Lewis Carroll kind of thing? Because I can like see Alice in Wonderland sort of. Yeah, just take it off a little bit. Like. One, one pill makes you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one makes you. I know because I gave birth to a human infant about six months ago out of my vagina, and that it was quite painful actually. But that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Swalwick Collins. Um, with so it, it does have a kind of it's it, well, there's a track on there called I was going to say it's quite conversational, and there is an album a track on the album called Conversation with Collins, which is just a. You're right. It kind of yeah, it is just like him talking about how how he had an argument with his wife, and he voice his guitar is the sound of his wife, and that's the kind of the the joke of it. It is quite a, a light. It's a jovial album. I thought a kind of. The reason why I wanted to talk about it was because it's it's the, probably the the most recent classic blues album. When you look at the the all time great blues albums, that isn't by a white artist. It's the most recent one. I think you've got possibly there's like a few people who, like Robert Cray, is great, and that's kind of you know like R and B soul type stuff. But after after that, the big blues albums that you see in the main are. Stevie Ray Vaughan Stevie Ray Vaughan Gary Moore Joe Bonamassa these kind of these all of them murdered by Eric Clapton is mm. the is the re, you know again a continuation of that cream style blues that kind mm. of and and this was was the last from what I can from what I've seen the last big blues album by or the classic blues album by a, by a black musician um, I'm sure in amongst all of the things we otherwise get to the email account there is some Furious emails. No, but I mean, it, it is genuinely like I was looking online at, at which is how I found this album because I was looking for like kind of classic blues albums because I know we've talked about like Albert King and um, and it was like looking to partly to to know which Albert Collins record to buy and it was a real like oh kind of you know like Muddy Waters Live at Newport and it was all these kind of sixties things and then suddenly the like literally one of the only ones at the seventies like there was I think there was a Johnny Winter album in there. Which was like 71, 72, and then it was like 78, and then there's a gap in the 80s, and then in the 90s, you start getting into, well, I think there was maybe like Still Got the Blues by Gary Moore, yeah. which is far from a classic. But you know what I mean? It's like that kind of, it was weird how there's this kind of clusp of 60s clusp. records. Clusp, yeah, clusp. It's, it's a new word. It's a new word, yeah. Um, um, I like clusp. Yeah, yeah. It, means, it means a gathering of blues albums. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the collective noun for blues albums. Um, and then, and then there was this, um, kind of this stuck clusp. in the, stuck in the middle. Well, this is called because it's outside of the clasp. It's called a, um, oh, the clasp. The clasp. <laughs> Cla- it's clasp. Clasp. So nobody had the blues in the eighties. No, well, Gary Moore still had the blues, but all he didn't, big he didn't, were dead happy. He didn't get the blues. Mm. Um, he had it all along. But yeah, so this is um, so that was part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it, and just because I think it's 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 quite a again with the Blues Brothers thing it's quite a light album and also kind of paves the way for that big big band stuff and kind of plays into that I, I, I think it's a lot of fun yeah um, I, I like the, the kind of I suppose the gentle humour in it I think um, I mean he's the, a, we've kind of not talked about it. he's a great guitar player yeah well, I, was, I, well, I was going to come yeah. next on like you know the, the horns make a big difference in terms of Ben Rich and the the sound and um, the kind of organ in there as well. Yeah, 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 and he's yeah, his guitar sounds mint, and it sounds mint because he's a mint player. Yeah, like then it. I mean, he doesn't. Once you've got, once you've heard him kind of uh, go off once, you know what you're going to get for the rest of the record. So it's not going to kind of deviate from that. But that's 
that's kind of I suppose the difference you know when you were saying about Springsteen being an underrated guitar player and he does do a couple of solos mm. quite you know and, the, and the, his guitar sounds lush like really nice telly kind of lots of lush reverb on it lots of attack and like yeah. um, kind it's of it's a really kind of heavy handed yeah but the difference I think so I would argue that even though they use the same instrument Albert Collins is far ahead of mm. in that in that sense you know yeah. in that one kind of that one dimension Um and that's what the whole album lives and dies on, really, is his guitar. But I mean, playing, it was so. the album itself was sold on, like, oh, this is Albert King's favorite guitar player, John Lee Hooker's a big fan. Like that yeah, was yeah. The, that was the thing that was on the front of the stage. Like, this, this was his yeah, kind yeah. of comeback of. Because I mean, at the time of this album coming out, I think he was like, like thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so a, I know. Yeah. No, but I mean, for like again, like we were talking about, like, kind of like Albert King with his kind of. I think when he did um, Born Under a Bad Sign, he was like forty five or something. Mm-hmm. About that kind of like a, uh, uh, I guess in the same way that you, like the Rick Rubin, Johnny Cash stuff, where it's almost like you've had the wilderness, like a literal wilderness. It's just like oh, yeah, I'll give him another go, you know. And there's kind of there's nothing to lose from it. I think and that results in the yeah. in the best work. I mean, I haven't heard any of his other stuff, but apparently this is his best work. I think it was obviously like hugely impressive, and there's kind of lots of showy things in terms of like being an amazing guitar player. But I think it was all it was all good, but left me kind of slightly cold to some extent, insofar as. What it kind of, as you said, what it kind of lives and dies on is the fact that he is this amazing player. But it is just a bit like, okay, good, waiting for that. Yep, there's the solo to prove the point. Yeah. And also, um, some of the stuff that um, I I suppose you could consider the the kind of gentle humor of it is also a bit like, oh, he really does not like women. Like, there, I think there's a kind of slight. It's not like Elvis Costello doesn't like women, though, is it? It's more just like no, no. But I think my wife's pissing me off a bit. Yeah, but it's being a kind of theme of, huh, women are spending money and talking. I know. Like, you, the, the, yeah, the, it's, the, a, it's a bit like if there was a blues album written by like Bob from the Lightning Lads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the, I know the, what you mean. That think, kind of like I think that's what's really yeah, weird about like, when you find out that Master Charge was written by his wife. Yeah, it almost makes you feel like well, actually is that. Better or worse? But yeah, but as you said, what, what's the what's the track where it's moving in is conversation with Colin. Conversation with Colin. Sorry, yeah, of course. But that that is very much a bit like I'm not sure that's all right. <laughs> like, kind of do making guitar sound like the um, like the adults and Charlie Brown yeah. is is not necessarily acceptable insofar as ah, uh, you know, women just like. But then, but then it's also as the bit when he comes back and it does the brum 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 brum, and then he's like, and then we hooked up, and it's just like it's it was all just a bunch of nothing. Well, that's that's also the issue, isn't it? It's. All yeah. just a bunch of nothing. Just all, yeah. all just a bunch of nothing. I mean, to be honest, that probably goes for for music in general. I don't know why. I don't know why we do. I don't know why we do anything. Get but, another um, There was a, um, a, a a a bit about the, his general kind of prowess on stage and his kind of um, his persona, where apparently he basically had a really long lead for his guitar, which resulted in any number of comic comic fucking. 
like setups that he would take part in. So he would frequently just wander outside doing it. Like so, there's a story is that um, one night Collins was playing a lengthy solo uh, one night at Antones and left the building while still playing. He returned to the stage while still playing the solo, so it like just continued while he couldn't hear the band. Um, and resumed entertaining the audience in person. Shortly afterwards, a man arrived at the club and gave Collins the pizza he had just ordered. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. How long's his lead? I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure at what point. Obviously, but he, like, he used to do right, that. Like, he go, he he'd go outside and buy a chocolate bar and come back in and like be like eating it. Like nom nom nom. Like. Somebody should have told him that his guitar sounds corroding with every meter that he adds to that cable. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's got a lot. It's it's got a, a real like. It's got a real. Band sound, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. it's got a kind of Staxy, Motown, Bartow. Like, it's a really nice album. I, 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 I like it. A lot. I think. I think if this had had if if the sound of this album had been the Springsteen production, I think I could have got behind that a bit more. Because it doesn't. It doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound great. It just. It sounds um, lively. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it just sounds lively. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound. You know, like particularly amazing or particularly shit it's just like it sounds like yeah it sounds live but yeah I do take the point about like is this cool I think like and, and like is this cool now like so I think it was it, it I don't think it's cool now or not is it really? I don't think it's like I don't think it's massively offside but I think it's still that point of like is like it's I mean if we're if we're questioning whether or not this is offside we should just point out that in 1978 um Eric Clapton got pissed on stage and it basically agreed with Enoch Powell's racist fucking immigration policies. So, and he still managed to have a career yeah. and is still enjoying a career. Oh, no, so if that's not, if this is offside, I don't know where the fuck Clapton is. I think I only kind of put him slightly offside. He used to watch a lot of uh, games in a uh, pub, which is now very local to where, to where I now live, which used to have uh, Sunderland's games Next on. Next door to Durham Jail. Yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> Call it used to have someone's games and a, a dodgy satellite feed and my friend's uh, grandfather would uh, turn up and he would have some very um, strong opinions about football both in terms of how both tactically not necessarily fitting with the modern era and how you might refer to black players mm-hmm. um, but they were both fine he's a lovely guy but uh, you wouldn't they're not going to go on BBC One anytime soon. Yeah, like you wouldn't not call him a racist. It's a weird, <laughs> weird badge he had on his arm, wasn't it? <laughs> That's not a blue peanut badge. <laughs> it gets you into some clothes. <laughs> not, not the Sea Life Centre. <laughs> I think I've got a great white. Um, so next up, do you want a can? Next up, do you want a can? <laughs> next up, do you want a can? Yeah, listener at home, if you'd like Let's to... Let's all ju- have a can. If you press the red button now, have a can. If I can, I mean, I really do think that um, this podcast is uh, best enjoyed if you save up all four episodes and perhaps um, just drink along with it. Um, so one day, if Adam gets very lazy, given uh, he is the technical side of this and does all of the editing, one day Adam... Oh, nice yeah. to throw us under the bus, oh, only, James. Yeah. Only Fucking when you're seeking to like, uh, deflect blame from yourself, Jim. Red button, man. Uh, at some point, if if Adam gets particularly lazy, we'll just put it out as like one five-hour episode. But you you really have to drink along with it. I think that's how we're going to celebrate the next Christmas day. 
We'll do a Christmas Day one live and you've got to drink along with it. Which is ironic because, the, the I mean, the real subtitle of that will be, it's Christmas Day, there's a real need to be afraid. It's, uh, yeah, Christmas morning gin. So uh, That's morning with a U in it. So next up, Ross is going to talk us through uh, Van Halen's first album, Van Halen. I wish, Van like, Halen. as soon as, like, just the boom, like, eruption starts now and I can just talk over eruption, that would be amazing. That would be pretty cool. It's not going to happen, though, is it? Because of the technical limitations of Jim. Uh, That's a G-Y-M. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think... It's uh, just the street. That's my gym. In... Parkour prick. Last I choose not to use it. In last week's episode, I think Jim referred to sometimes we pick records knowing that um, members, uh, other members won't necessarily enjoy it. May yep. actually be outright hostile towards it. But that's part of the fun um, this unlike say previously previous records that I've picked um, and you know regular listeners will have noticed a theme that we generally save a record that's going to get savaged for last um, ones week. I've picked this time uh, around we've got two <laughs> yeah um, so in previous episodes we've had Disraeli Gears by Cream that got oh, that got a good, good savaging didn't yeah. it um, also um, Hysteria by Def Leppard Wild Hope by Paul Weller was that a last part? I don't one? think that was the last one, was it? Pornography, yeah, and pornography, yeah. So, um, all of which you've chosen, all of which I've chosen, yeah. Or also the Moody Blues, <laughs> but like I said before, it's like, yeah, but we're all confused by the Moody Blues, aren't yeah. We? The, that Moody Blues record is really cool, though. Like, it's like, it's is weird. it though? Yeah, but it, it, you still don't yeah. know, do you? So, that means it's <laughs> like, you'll it's never sort know, of, sort of amazing in, the, in terms of it's hard to make any kind of judgment about it Huffy Turquoise yeah so in a sense I mean that Moody Blues record is the fucking monolith at the beginning of 2001 like we're all looking at it going well it's going to tell us something about the future but I'm not sure if I can actually have the cognition to be able to get my head around it yeah days of future past exactly Justin Hayward warning yeah oh he's coming <laughs> Um, <laughs> I enjoy the music of Van Halen so I'm um, not all of it because most of it is bloody awful but I, I do I do think that this debut is special I think it's really really good and I know so you're already like oh it's not it's not it's fair enough like I can see why <laughs> I, I why you wouldn't spe- like it but special in a different way <laughs> I, I I genuinely think it's it's like it's outstanding as far as rock records go because there's nothing else out there like it if you don't like it you, you, you're kind of disliking it on its own terms in the sense that you're not going to be able to say I don't like it because it sounds like you know it sounds like other rock bands you're going to say I don't like it because it's fucking shit you know what I mean it's like it's it's own kind of own entity in a it's sense it's its own special type of shit yeah, yeah. yeah which is you know which is fair enough yeah. but um, there's a there's a couple of things to note about it so Van Halen were kind of uh, LA scene band in the in the sort of mid seventies, um, they played Whiskey of Gogo, all those kind of venues, you know, frequently. They were kind of a known sort of band. So um, I'm just thinking Whiskey of Gogo, vodka left left. <laughs> um, Gene Simmons tries to get them a deal, uh, and they record three tracks. It doesn't get them a deal because it sounds like shit, and they didn't use their own equipment. Um, Ted Templeman at Warner and. Long-time listeners of the of the podcast will uh, possibly remember in the very first deep episode. Deep cut, yeah. Yeah, it was a deep cut where I got uh, Ted Templeman and Mike Clink confused, I yeah. think. Um, 
Mike Kling, of course, was um, your cellmate. Was when it was in Wacky Races, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Kling was in charge of Eastwick. Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm just kind of waiting for the, uh, to get to the jokes about it because I think if you if you're gonna like the music about like if you know who Van Halen are. If you like, some, I don't a bit of think Van people do. I honestly think Van Halen is like Kiss, where it's an American obsession. Yeah, I would I agree don't with think that. that, there's, are, a, that there's, there's only six groups in history have two albums that went diamond status. Diamonds like ten million copies. Yeah. So Van Halen's is this and nineteen eighty four, which is the one with Jump on. Yeah. Um, the others are Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. Um, I forget the others. I Jackson? don't have it on it. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, it's not a rock. Oh, so I mean, album, he'd so definitely be in that in right. that category. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can tell you the others: uh, the Eagles, uh, the Beatles. So they're 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 essentially they're kind of American rock royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of a as I think you're right. They probably are kind of an American obsession. I love it because I think there's so much energy in it. There's a kind of ridiculous amount of energy in it, and. David Lee Roth sells shit lyrics by being an actual rock performer and having a not a great voice but having a, a, a kind of a wildness to him and a kind of brazenness to him um, Arch Van Halen's a really really good drummer like one of the most underrated I think in rock um, and obviously Eddie Van Halen in, to some extent and it's we keep coming back to this is no one person ever kind of revolutionises anything but if there's a figurehead for the kind of guitar playing that that he um, that he does that he's famous for, it would be him. He's kind of you know he's the guy who's synonymous with with the tapping and the um, and the vibrato well, and yeah, the, kind of, the, the stunt yeah. guitar. Yeah. That said, I think unlike you know at the at the tail end of this, so this is this album is responsible for probably as many musical crimes as anything else because you know essentially sets off the sunset strip of the 80s which gives us a legion of horrendous bands and horrendous music and even worse music videos and well, generally it's all hair metal yeah it's you know. yeah, basically invents hair metal um, so by the tail end of that you get something like um, Porno Graffiti by Extreme um, which you know we, we did last time and is awful you know um, this isn't and I think it's, it's just because it's the start of something bad doesn't mean that it in of itself is bad um, I think it's got it's got some of Van Halen's best work on it um, some of their best songs it's got some of the choicest kind of guitar riffs ever in the sense that you know the way that they've been used elsewhere for all kinds of different purposes I mean from Tone Lock um, the, the riff and Jamie's Cry and um, he used that to KLF used bits of Eruption you're in, talking about Dub yeah so I mean and it's there's riffs on this that I think piss all over everything else rock wise that came out in 1978 it's like it's a it's there's nothing kind of um there's nothing kind of staid about it there's nothing boring about it it's it's kind of fresh it's 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 invigorated it sounds youthful it sounds like it's made by people who get fucking laid not guys who dream about getting laid or you know write songs about characters and stuff it's just like we're a party rock band and we're awesome at it um and they they sold tens of millions of, of albums and it's all kind of comes from from this record um, I think it's 
and I know this isn't a view that, that won't be shared, I think it's an unusually strong rock record, like in the sense that it it, it kind of works all the way through, and I don't think there's any kind of um, actual weak points. And it sounds so live, like it sounds like a band in a room, like amazingly, and it's the way that it was recorded in mono as well. So you've got the drums and the vocals and the bass and the guitar and like separate kind of sides, but it still kind of works together and sounds um, sounds full. And it doesn't when the it's just got it's just so much to it. And actually, all the kind of guitar pyrotechnics to to a certain extent, this might sound a bit pushing it, but they're actually quite tasteful. It's not like it's not like he's tapping all the way through everything or doing a million miles an hour or stuff like that. There's a lot of pinched harmonics in there, but nobody was doing a lot of that at the time. And well, I think taking these new ways of doing it, and also crucially, then I think, and this is probably the main part of why I like Van Halen is the sound of Eddie Van Halen's guitar, which is the holy grail for a lot of people whose music taste and approaches I wouldn't necessarily chime with, but I do think. His guitar sounds exquisite on this. Like it sounds amazing. No, I think like, he does kind of set the sound like anybody else. Set the agenda for a lot of that hair metal and and rock. But everything else you've said is entirely inaccurate. Oh no! I, I, you say no, right? I, I disagree with all of that because everything he said, as far as it, it sounds. Sounds like a band who get laid into a, he, he, he kind of does all of these things in terms of guitar pyrotechnics yeah. and, absolutely, and all of that are all the reasons why it's bad. <laughs> yes. No, so I agree yeah, fundamentally the, yeah, with it. Yeah, I, and I, I just think that like they they know they're a wonderfully proficient, elaborate band who have the attention of everyone, who know they're wonderful, who know I that there's even, no substance to whatsoever to what they're doing. I don't even think they're spe- wonderful or know it. Because I think Eddie Van oh, Halen no, I, I think do. Eddie Van Halen can obviously play the guitar and, and, and was the first person to play that fast with that sound. And be that But he's the only guy who's ever had that sound. Yeah. That's everybody else has tried but is chasing him. David Lee Roth sounds like he doesn't know where to stand near the microphone. There's bits where he's too quiet and the other two, it's just it just sounds like rudimentary. It's like stereophonics that it's, an, just, it's enabling boom, boom. But like it's just plods along. It's but just it's an, the drums don't plod along at all. It, the bass, the drums the, the, do plod the, along. Neither are, they're not a, a ploddy rhythm section at all. Yeah. It's I very, it's very competent. Um, I think Alex Van Halen's got quite I think, a lot of I, chops that, I think that he, are actually quite interesting. Eddie Van Halen brings the poshness to it. If yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like but, but brings, it's enabling the guitar. It's like, the oh, band's all about the guitar. Yeah. So let's make the guitar sound great and give him as much space as he needs. I think he's a spectacular. A spectacularly talented guitarist who is doing nothing that anybody has done previously. Um, but to go back to all of the kind of true crime that infiltrates this year, like <laughs> just because he does something new and spectacular and is brilliant at it, that that doesn't mean it's good. But I was, no, that's, yeah, I was going to say it's he he. What in the future? What will kind of save Eddie Van Halen is that he's not the biggest criminal in the band because David Lee Roth is an appalling kind of spectre at this. I just think like kind of <laughs> the, the the sense that you would like um, what would what would a startled Robert Plant sound like without like the the charisma? Yeah, 
and, and that's well, I th- it. Actually, I think David Roth has got an abundance of charisma, but I, I think he has a, a tiny percentage of Robert Plant's talent, his vocal yeah. talent. Okay. I yeah. think he, he gets away. He makes he makes like shrieks and and sort of whoa yeahs and, and, and vocalizations go a hell of a long way. And he, he, he really performs the living daylights of like pretty scant kind of lyrical material. Yeah. I just want material. to qu- quickly cycle back on something. Firstly, there was a bit about five minutes ago when we were talking about Ross as if he wasn't here and I want to revisit that. And then I want to <laughs> go, go back to like part one when we talked about Steve Reichs. I think you can almost, those same allegations of Eddie Van Halen's so talented and so precise and so quick and his sound is such that there's loads of mistakes on it though it lacks personality nah no like in in terms of emotional content to the fact in the same (laughs) way that like when it was Steve Wright it's like well what are you telling us about it's telling you get drunk no, but trying to finger a lass. But that's what I mean. Is in terms of it's just like it's it's showmanship without being feeling. I, 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 Do you know what I mean? It's like, and I think that's the thing. Is like, but I think the feeling is it's just this kind of relentless sort of um, vigor, in a sense where it's quite. I find that quite. It possibly only with reference to this album, which still I would defend. You know, I'm not gonna. Um, get upset about it but I do think it's really really good um, but it, it's it's shot through this kind of vigour which I, I think kind of it, it fulfills its purpose in that sense like it's not trying to be Steve Reich it's yeah. I mean, no I just mean in ter- no I just mean in terms of the like the the allegations of lack and emotional depth and I know we're talking about Van Halen but it's like that kind of about the fact that it doesn't sound like where Albert Collins will play two notes and you're like he's got the blues yeah, but well, he's just when, like he's just, just doing just, the same shit that people have been doing for thirty yeah, fucking years. Yeah, whereas no, this absolutely. is like nobody's heard anything. No, but that's what I mean. It's just it's like yeah. it's like wow, I can't believe you play that fast. I don't think there's What's that many. About? There's only there's like and, and, and the, there's like a couple of bits of sweet picking the on other, the whole record. The, the other weird thing about it is, and especially compared to pornography, where it's like when a, it's the first time I've heard eruption, and I'm like, all what? right, that you've no, yeah, well, I've heard bits of it, but I think I assume. So how come you've been playing guitar for how long? I you never listen to eruption. I ass- that's, that's weird. Because it sounds terrible. But, I assume- but you didn't know that it sounded terrible. I ass- you never no, but that's what I was about to say. Was I assumed that eruption and the song after it were all the same song. Right. So you know, like in Flight of the Wounded Bumblebee, where it leads its yeah, way yeah, yeah. in a He-Man woman here. <laughs> so it's just like, where it just goes like, and you're like, all right, well, it's- oh no, it's finished. All right. Yeah, but like, I, I also, I mean, I think that's kind of amazing as well. The second track on their debut album is basically just an instrumental guitar piece. It's a showcase yeah. for the guitar player, but it's not, it's... it's. I think it instrument, is, it, instrumental guitar piece might be like, might you might be like where Banksy but it, I think that's a fairly literal description of what it is, though. But it leads, like, that, that cover of You Really Got Me is a real, like... It's better than the fucking Kings. I think, right... I think it's a, those pinch tarmolic walk downs are better than anything the Kings ever did. It is like an oiled hog being asked to wear a bikini and strut about. <laughs> I just I like, quite like I, that. I, well, but there you go. I, I that pre- seems like a kind of image that I'm on board with. But I prefer my bacon not to be sexy. Well, I just don't eat bacon. <laughs> 
I just, I just think like so, so, I'm so on the fence. Like, even like feel your love tonight, which it, it has grim, grim lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just, I just think that like, um, it, as he said, it kind of creates much of the hair metal of the eighties, and therefore, and that's not its fault. But it, 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 it but just it's also its fault. It yeah. just, re- it just represents a lot of, of of bad things which I feel sad about. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking about, and I messaged Jim about it, where it was, you know, the, the bit in This Is Spinal Tap, where they read out the album reviews. Yeah. And it was just like any of them could be leveled. At, and obviously, this is private. But it's weird though, because, like... I, I, but, the, I, but the, you know, this is like I swimming in a sea of retarded sexuality. I understand that. It's the, like, yeah. They used to don't like it, and I fully predicted that and that's again is part of the reason why I picked this instead of Parallel Lines by Blondie or you know one of the other <laughs> or fucking Man Machine by Kraftwerk or one of the other really good albums of this year um, I forgot what I was going to say there yeah yeah you're a good guy you picked a bad album it's well, not, I knew but, fucking, but, I knew no, but, but actually sorry <laughs> my point was going to be that actually in the sense of um, it being one of the most critically heralded, heralded um, debut all rock albums of all time like it's always right up there it's always been a top 10 kind of heavy metal hard rock rock album always from the moment it was on both sides of the pond so it's not unique to America in that sense because it is and the, the stuff that it influenced is so what you're saying is like if there's ever any kind of no, I'm saying that actually, or anything like that then whichever side comes out on top is the like they've made the no I'm just choice. I just think it's interesting that yours is, a, is essentially kind of like a minority voice on this but everything that you say why don't we all just band together and get behind no, Van Halen? What, I, what I'm trying to I think, what I'm trying to respect the office is that everything Van that Halen you say is true. It's absolutely true. Everything. It's like we were saying about Springsteen, where like everything that you can level at him is true. Everything mm, you can. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with Van Halen. Everything that you could, every weak point that they've got is so fucking obvious. But did they? Because I haven't heard. But I still love it. I haven't heard their, just like their later albums. Class. With, not very I, mean, good. I, I was going to say because it doesn't sound as polished as mm. I was expecting it to. Do the later ones get all sound like way way super. more polished than this? Yeah. This is like. I think it didn't cost that much. They did it in ten days. No, they didn't. They did it in in two, three weeks, something like that. Because this genuinely spent like a week doing the vocals. Obviously, because David Lee Roth's such a shit singer. This genuinely but it doesn't sound like, like a shit singer. Reminded on this. us of like Wasp or something like that. I was expecting <sighs> it to be like. I think just in terms of like the production and the mm. riffs, like obviously once somebody starts playing lead guitar, you can tell where there was that sudden research. Like, well, it can't be a resurgence, but that kind of surge of. Like White Snake having Steve Vai, you know what I mean? Where it's the, like the, the, the search was on for the next the, the, one the, of Eddie the Van Halen. Absolute key difference is that, and, it, and this is going to sound so self-evident that it's almost absurd, but Steve Vai isn't Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have Eddie Van Halen's guitar, which Eddie Van Halen built himself. The Frankenstrat, the Frankenstrat. I found out I didn't know this, but there's a copy of the Frankenstrat in the Smithsonian Museum. Like that, that guitar that he made himself from it from a strap body and and he constantly kind of altered it it's different on the cover for this album because he hadn't painted it red yet so it's black and white on the cover of this but he hadn't he hadn't done the red paint yeah. and then he retired it after this album the replacement perfume pour, per, performed poorly so he brought it back and and painted it with bike paint so it was more kind of like 
and I think that's kind of an amazing thing because it's sort of a one-off and this album is very much a one-off as well because they sound like I would not defend other Van Halen albums like not for a fucking second um, I will defend this one because there's because he painted a guitar once no it's because it's you know, like I said it's just shot through and it's just infused with this energy this kind of um, like you say like they know mm. you know there's a kind of knowingness to them and a, and a, um, a sense of I don't know fun like there's fucking it's just mint it's just like it's just mint I can't think of a better way to describe it than it's just mint it's got fucking loads of mint guitar bits on it so that was the end of part three yeah um, some controversial bits towards the end uh, what bits? the bit where you had that badge on your arm we <laughs> um, <laughs> did that funny walk yeah um, so we'll be back next week where we're going to talk I about uh, I've had enough I'm not doing this anymore we're going to talk about all I do is pick rock records it's supposed to be a fucking rock podcast and you just shit on it and you pick your fucking boring indie stuff and I have to pretend to like it and you pick your weird fucking abstract stuff and I have to pretend to like it and then by the time it gets to my album at the end you just shit on it because you're both drunk Quid says you'll be back next week I will be and I'll bring me fucking parsnips <laughs> <laughs> so next week we'll be talking about uh, Jeff Wayne not Jeff Lynn yeah we which incidentally I didn't pick either because it's fucking dreadful um spoilers um so you can follow us on do we still actually tweet anything we post links to the episodes and we'll yeah. probably get more involved with that should probably yeah so maybe email us at regionalindiedisco at gmail.com if you've got any ideas for what we should be tweeting like ideally put in the header tweet idea <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all caps mm. uh, action Adam or Ro- uh, Adam or James, like I, I don't think you're gonna. You haven't got the login for. Well, the I'm out. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I'm not. I'm not. You've left. I'm not. No. I'm not monitoring that inbox anymore. <laughs> yeah. From now on, the only thing I monitor is Rod Stewart. Right. Yeah. But if there's any emails for you, I'll I'll forward, I'll just them, forward on. them on. I'll just yeah, forward them on. Yeah. Forward them on to fucking Van Halen Walls End. <laughs> at gmail dot com. I'll forward them on to Ross Regional in the Discord gmail dot com. <laughs> Um, and we're on Instagram uh, Regional Indie Disco we're on SoundCloud that's soundcloud.com forward slash Regional Indie Disco we're on iTunes so if you search for us on there and then if you've again if you've got any ideas for tweets in there five stars we won't see if it's four mm-hmm. um, and then just put what the tweet is and so if you, if you put at the beginning copy um, then kind of quotation marks then the end of what your suggestion is paste mm-hmm. so we know because it's got a, it basically it's got to stand out hasn't it given the, the volume out, of yeah. emails that we get it's, it's got to stand out many. if yeah. you want us to look at it yeah. basically think of yourself as you're a local band and we're Frankie Big from Frankie Big's Records Frankie Sharp Frankie Sharp yeah. that's the one but I'm Frankie Big's from Frankie Big's Records <laughs> Adam's Frankie Sharp from Frankie Sharp's Big Records I'm, and, uh, uh, I'm a Lee Sharp yeah. the uh, 90s and if you want us to listen to your demo tape, your fucking email title's going to have to be amazing. Yeah, it's good. Because I'm ignoring de- everything. Definitely you should include the word demo tape. Yeah. Um, but ideally, we will look favourably upon uh, anybody who manages to hack a satellite and have it uh, beamed into our limo, mm. which we record from so the government can't catch us or track us by satellite, apart from for demos. 
<laughs> bit weird the drag caused by that satellite on the car in it and in some regards <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's a bit weird um so yeah we'll be back next week when hopefully jim's fade out i've pressed the big red button